traders, welcome to this special webinar event featuring Kathy Lean and Boris Schlossberg. I'm Ken Calhoun, president of Day Trading University, and it's my distinct honor to be able to present these two distinguished Forex experts to all of you listening here today. Now, here's a few interesting facts about Kathy and Boris for those of you who may not already be familiar with them. Kathy Lean's the chief currency strategist at the world's largest retail Forex market maker, Forex Capital Markets, FXCM. Her book, Day Trading the Currency Market, Technical and Fundamental Strategies to Profit from Market Swings, is very popular and well-regarded. It's an excellent book, and it's one of my two favorites, so I personally recommend it to everyone out there. Now, Kathy's taught currency trading seminars across the U.S., and she's also written for CBS Market Watch, Active Trader, Futures, and SFO magazines. Now, Boris Schlossberg is a senior currency strategist at FXCM. He's a frequent commentator for Bloomberg, Reuters, CNBC, and Dow Jones CBS Market Watch. His book, Technical Analysis of the Currency Markets, available on Amazon, where he also hosts a trading blog, so go take a look at that. It's also a great book with lots of chart patterns and practical Forex trading techniques. And also, make sure to watch for Kathy and Boris's new book called Millionaire Traders, How Everyday People Are Beating Wall Street at Its Own Game, coming out September 2007. You know, I'm really looking forward to hearing what they're going to be teaching us. So welcome to today's webinar, Kathy and Boris. It's great to be with you, Ken. Yeah, same here. What are both of you going to be sharing with our audience today? What will our traders be learning from you in this Forex webinar? Well, what we're going to do is we're first going to talk a little bit about what the spot FX market is, the difference between FX and equities and the futures markets, leverage, what are the pros and cons, and how the market basically works, like what currencies do we trade, what are the point values, what trading systems are out there, and then what drives the markets, fundamentals versus technicals, and some of the more common um, uh, strategies that people may use in the FX market. Great, great. Well, I'll tell you what, let's, um, for all of our listeners, y'all should have the PDF that goes along with our session today. And I wanted to have us all start by taking a look at page three where it says FX, a growing market. And I wanted to just go ahead and launch into it. If y'all could just tell everyone uh, just a little bit about what the spot FX market is and what it's all about. Well, just to give you a little bit of background information that may be interesting to some people, I used to trade on the interbank market at J.P. Morgan Chase. And when I started in about 98-99, I remember when the senior dealers there would ask me, why are you getting into this market? This market is dying. The euro is just being launched. There's going to be no more uh, opportunity out there. Well, I think it's probably the best decision I ever made because even though the euro was introduced, at the time, it was also the birth of what we called the online trading market. And during that time, a lot of us were very, very distracted about trading stocks. Mm -hmm. and, and basically, we had companies like E-Trade, Scott Trade, Ameritrade bring a lot of the stock trading platforms online. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, people did not realize that companies such as FXCM started bringing our um, currency trading platform online. So that really opened up the door to what was used to be only a market available to the professionals like hedge funds and the big boys in the market and made it become a market that's available to everyone. Right. So you can see in the slide here that the FX market has always been the largest market in the world. The volume is $1.9 trillion. Mm. It leaps and bounds above the volume of the futures market and the New York Stock Exchange market. So 
there's no coincidence that volume over the past three years has surged 57%, and this coincides with the entrance of retail investors, and they are basically interested and found the opportunities after the stock market bubble burst. They went to look for alternative investment opportunities, and FX is a great place to be, and it's a very clean trade, and you'll see in the rest of our presentation or our discussion. Well, yeah, it's a, as a matter of fact, Kathy, I just read an article maybe a couple of weeks ago in Financial Times talked about the fact that in the FX market now, $70 trillion is done about every single quarter, and they estimate that the retail portion of that is close to $10 trillion per quarter. You can understand why uh, the retail FX market has just become so popular and so many people now want to get involved in it. Yeah, so let me uh, paraphrase here for our stock traders out there. What that means to them or what it sounds like is that liquidity is higher, so hopefully order execution speed is better or at least on parity with what they'd get from the equity side of the house. Is that right? They can uh, Their entries and exits are as fast or faster without the delay that it takes to run it through a specialist on the floor. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yes, we'll get, uh, in, we'll get into more detail about that later and show you exactly how big the liquidity is, but you're absolutely correct. It's, it's rapid, fast, and enormous. Okay, great. Cause that's one of the headaches I get from traders around the world is they complain about the length of time it takes, especially on the listed stocks to get filled. So it sounds like that would be a key advantage for those considering making the transition from equities into the uh, FX spot market. So great. Well, let's move on then. Okay. Page number four. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, let's talk about what the Forex market is really all about. It's a very simple market to explain. All you're doing, essentially, when you're trading Forex is exchanging one currency for another. The market is huge and is controlled by very large, perhaps the largest players in all the financial markets. Central banks, private money central banks like UBS, Citibank, Bank of Japan, Deutsche Bank. These are the largest banks in the world. International corporations and money managers and speculators, and of course now the retail, uh, retail trader as well. It is a purely electronic market. There is no uh, centralized exchange. There is no open pit like there is in the futures. Mm -hmm. And it's dealt 24 hours a day, six days a week really. We basically open at around 4, a, 4 p.m. Sunday afternoon and close at 4 p.m. Friday. Mm. From, that, from that 4 p.m. to 4 p.m., it trades continuously, 24 hours a day, as trading goes from first Wellington, New Zealand, then to Tokyo, then it moves to Frankfurt, then it goes to London, and then to New York, and then starts the whole process all over again. And that makes this market very unique um, and very attractive to trade. Well, it sounds great. So traders aren't locked into a 9.30 to 4 routine. They can put on trades pretty much any time. So sounds exactly. good. Now, how about, the, how about the effects versus equities? I know a lot of our listeners out there have been, you know, like myself, for so many years, either swing or intraday traders in the in stock market. What, what are some of the key differences between trading at Forex and equities that our traders can look forward to as they get started in this market? Well, that's a great question. We actually outlined some of the differences on um, number page number five, mm -hmm. you can see that, as Boris mentioned, one of the biggest advantages is the 24-hour trading. Because, Ken, quite honestly, not everyone can trade you know, all at the same time. May it be like 9.30 to 4, for example. Mm -hmm. The key is sometimes we work in the morning, sometimes we work at night. You can fit the trading to your lifestyle, which a lot of people seem to like. Mm -hmm. 
We also have um, something we call commission-free trading. Now, it's not exactly commission-free, but all you do is you pay the bid as spread. It's not like you have to pay like a $10 transaction cost on top of it. Mm -hmm. So for people, for a lot of people, that can be very attractive, especially active traders. And spreads have gotten extremely, extremely tight because there's so many market makers out there right now that good pricing is something that is a norm. At some points, you can even get a one-point spread or choice, which hmm. is basically as good as you get if you were a hedge fund or a large bank. Oh, that's great. So instead of a four-pip spread, you can break it down or get it down to one or two or something. Okay, that's good. That's important. Yeah. What are the other great things that your stock traders may uh, appreciate tremendously is that there is no, absolutely no restrictions on short selling. There's, in fact, no distinction between short selling and long selling. And this is a huge advantage because if basically in FX, there is always a bull market somewhere. If you're long one currency and short another currency and, and that currency is rising, you, you can win. If you're short another currency, long another currency, and that currency is falling, you can win. There is no um, uptick rule. There is no borrowing rule. There's no uh, barriers at all for you to be able to short as well as to go long. It's a huge advantage. Yeah, that's one of the, it's a, it sounds like a great advantage for FX trading because I know personally from trading, it's a real hassle when you're uh, doing, uh, trying to hit an uptick, you have click, 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 okay, now I got a fill kind of thing when you're trying to short in, in that equities market. And it sounds oh, like that. Yeah, exactly. The, I remember from my old yeah. equity days, and then when you want to short something that is, of course, incredibly popular to short because it is a, is a dead stock and it's falling, mm -hmm. a lot of times you don't have the stock on the street because everybody else wants to get into the trade. So you're just locked out of the trade completely. Yeah. Never that kind of a situation in FX. You want to short it, you can short it all the way down to zero if you wanted to because there's no restrictions. Right, right. And I know another thing with the stock market, with the brokers, everyone has to look at the short list and, like you said, to see what's available. And a lot of time, if it's a, a great way, you know, like Krispy Kreme to short on its way down or whatever, there's not going to be any shares available to short. Cause everybody, exactly. All the, yeah, exactly. so you don't there's have really no opportunity, right. whereas yeah. FX gives you ample opportunity all the time. So you can, So let me just get this right. I can short any currency pair I want anytime. Yeah, there's no restrictions on, on shorting, right? There's no... Exactly. Exactly. Okay. exactly. I mean, the better way to look at it, Ken, is that when we trade currencies, everything is priced in pairs. So, for example, we have the euro against the U.S. dollar. At any point in time, you're always long one and short the other. Mm -hmm. So there's no, that's why there's no need for an uptick. There's no real true bear market because mm -hmm. when it's a bear market for one, it's a bull market for the other. And that helps explain why there aren't as stringent rules in the FX market as there may be in the stock market or futures market, for example. Okay, well, that sounds a, like a great advantage. Now, let, let's um, take a look at our, our next slide or two here. You've got a note here on commissions, uh, and then uh, we can look at FX versus futures. What do you all have for us uh, there, starting with our slide six? Well, the commission note, I think, is very interesting, because I remember from the old days when I used to trade everything under the sun, from stock index futures to options to uh, pure equities. Mm -hmm. One year, I took a look at my end-of-the-year statement. And I was absolutely shocked. And I had a pretty good year. I'd made some very good money trading in my account. Mm -hmm. But I was shocked to find out that my broker had actually made three times the <laughs> amount of money in commission right. that I made trading. And I thought I had a pretty good year. Yeah, At yeah. that point, I realized, gee, you know, the real winners in this business are the brokers because they're really collecting commission, which is effectively like a hidden tax mm -hmm. every time you trade. Right, if right. you look at the slide six of our presentation, one of the things you see here is that even a very, very seemingly small commission of half a penny per share could really add up to as much as $120,000 a year wow. tax yeah, on yeah. your trading. 
That's a great way to think about it. And you're right. Yeah, exactly. the commission the commission load is the single biggest cost for us as intraday and swing traders, especially for those of us who are active day traders. It's, yeah, that's a, a 30, 40% or more of our profit out the window. Or like you say, if you're really active, it can be a multiple of what you make goes to the broker. So that's not something that FX traders have to deal with. So that's a good advantage there. It makes a difference. Yeah. Absolutely. And the great thing about FX is the moment the trade clears your purchase price or your sell price, Every single penny from that point on is yours. There's no SEC fees. There's no mm-hmm. exchange fees. It's all clean and pure profits. It makes accounting at the end of the year incredibly easy and very, very um, pleasant to do. Well, that, that's great. I, I know what a headache it is to compile all my forms for, for the, the annual taxes uh, with the current trading style. So sounds like a, another good advantage. Thanks. Now, how about with our um, buying power on uh, slide 7, FX versus equities? How does all that work? Well, one of the great advantages, or at the same time disadvantage, of the FX market is the availability of leverage. As you may know, in equities and in futures, a lot of times the best leverage you can get is maybe 5 to 1, 10 to 1. In the FX market, you can get up to 200 to 1. Hmm. Now, of course, that's can be extremely risky, and we'll talk about that more later on in our discussion. But just to give you the perspective of what this means in dollar terms, you can tell from the numbers we listed here, let's say you had $10,000 to trade with and you had the choice of trading equities or currencies. Mm-hmm. If you traded equities and you bought a stock that required a required margin of $5,000 and the stock rallies 1%, which is you know a very typical move, mm-hmm. and you purchased 200 shares, in that case you would have made $100 or 2% of your uh, return on your margin equity. Mm-hmm. Currencies, on the other hand, if you wanted to trade a notional value of $10,000, all you need is $50. Hmm. Now, that's not to say that you just open an account with $50 because you need what we call buffer. Right. Maybe if you open an account with $300 or $1,000, $2,000, that'd be much more logical. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, let's say your dollar rallies 1%, also a very typical move on a day-to-day basis, and you purchase one mini lot. That would have made you $120. But on a return basis based upon how much margin you use, that's a 240% return. Hmm. So in, the sometime, in some perspectives, that may be a much better usage of capital than in the equity market. Right, right. So you don't have to spend as much money. And unlike uh, options, which may be riskier, you can trade effects uh, without the 25000 minimum that we need on be thanks to the PDT rule. You know, thanks, thanks right. regular, thanks alphabet agency. But anyway, that's locked a lot uh-huh. of folks out of the, uh, the day trading stock market. But it sounds like you can get the same day trading action and the same day trading, you know, the thrill of the intraday trades and being able to make a much better leverage on, on your, uh, you know, the return on equity from your trades uh, with much uh, smaller accounts. So you can start trading effects market with 2,000, 5,000, whatever, like we used to be able to do in the intraday market without a, a huge entry barrier uh, like the 25K rule for day trading stocks that it has. Absolutely, exactly. That trade, that trading barrier really, really made it much more difficult for average people to get into the stock market because really, who has $25,000 just simply lying around to be right. perspective of capital? <laughs> right, right. You don't need that in the FX market, as you said. You can start with 2,500 or 5,000. But here's another reason I just thought of, actually, that makes the FX market so much better from a speculative point of view. Mm. We've all had margin calls sometimes <laughs> in the stock market, right? Yeah, we've all, right. We've all missed, you know, met those. In capital letters in our email. Yeah, we've yeah, been there, done that. Right? Yeah. in our email. And those can be incredibly nasty because mm-hmm. the thing about margin call in a stock market is it's open-ended. You know, I yeah. mean, you, you, you get short a stock or you get long a stock and there's some, you know, fraud on, on, on the wires, something mm-hmm. like that. The stock literally drops uh, below 
um, goes all the way down to zero, you could wind up owing the brokerage house money. Right, right. Yeah. The great thing about the FX market is because it is 24 hours a day, because it is fully electronic and because it's fully automated, the machines in the brokerage houses actually watch your margin on a tick-by-tick, second-by-second basis. Hmm. And the moment you hit your margin barrier, they automatically liquidate the position, preserving your capital, meaning that you are never really at a risk mm, of okay. owing more money than you put in. So okay. if you wanted to say you to put a speculative account of $2,500 and you were wrong in a trade and, and it, for example, you were very over leveraged and it went down against you, you really have the peace of mind knowing that the worst that can happen is that you lose that $2,500 and you never have to owe the brokerage house any more money than what you additionally put in. Oh, well, that, that, that does sound like a great advantage. I've heard horror stories of folks being wiped out by unmet margin calls because of the spreads, especially on, on some of the stock plays for the high flyers, you know, up at Google and so forth, and uh, it can wipe out or, you know, you get a bill from the broker for thousands of dollars more than you, you thought you'd have to pay, and so that sounds like a, another key advantage to exactly. trading effects. Exactly. I had a story of people having to sell their houses in order to uh, meet their margin calls, which is an absolutely horrible story, and, you, you know, you certainly the whole idea of speculative capital is that you want it to be speculative and risk-controlled. Right, right. You don't right. want to be on, on the line for anything more than what you're willing to speculate with. That's one of the great advantages of the FX, that it gives you that peace of mind. Yeah, well, that makes a lot of sense. Now, if we move forward to our, our next slide on eight here, or seven reasons why we love the FX market more than stocks, maybe you can go over some more of the advantages that our traders can look forward to when they uh, migrate over to Forex trading. No problem. Well, the first one we already talked you know, in depth about, which is no commissions, pay only the spread. The second one is that in FX, it's an easy market to trade. Typically, it's a simple bet. You're either pro-dollar or anti-dollar. So that means either you think the U.S. economy is going to go up or you think the U.S. economy is going to go down. I'll show you some more examples, and we have that in the um, slides later on. But it's a very simple market to understand. There's no Enrons, no stock halting. Because if you think about it, what you're trading is you're trading countries. And these countries are the largest, most sophisticated countries in the world. So there's no such thing as manipulation of data as you may have in the stock market. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as accounting fraud. So the great thing about this market is economic data is released every single day from all the countries that we trade. Mm -hmm. And it's basically you can look at it as a scorecard because every single day you know a little bit more about how every country is doing. On top of that, you get information at the very same time all the biggest banks on Wall Street get them. Hmm. I mean, if you look at it from a more you know, detailed perspective, we had non-farm payrolls today. And at 8.30, I assure you, CNBC was screaming out what non-farm payrolls number was, and that was the exact same second that we had the banks getting the information. Mm -hmm. So it's very transparent. It's mm -hmm. a very level playing field, which is why we like it a lot. Right, and no insider trading to have to keep track of. From a, keeping it simple for traders, well, I know, you know, I always look at insider flow and, you know, the SEC filings on who's buying and selling and the CFO and CEO uh, share, you know, blocks that they're trading and all that, and you have to keep track of all that if you want to stay on top of uh, the net insider buy-sell pressure on the equity side of it. But with the FX market, there is no such thing. There are no insiders of the country. So the, just the, like you said, Kathy, the, uh, the financial release data, uh, like NFP and all that's uh, critical to, uh, like you said in your book too, uh, that's what moves these markets. It's not so much insider trading or hidden uh, market flow uh, from the hedge funds and so forth. So, yeah, I mean, basically it's no secrets. 
Mm-hmm. Right, right. So that's good. That's a, that's good. We like that. So, yeah, and I'll about- give you another reason, Ken, that I think they might find it very interesting, or at least why we absolutely love this market. Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit about liquidity and, and the size of this market, but let me give you a concrete example of just how liquid this market is. In the euro dollar, which is the most common and the most popular currency pair in the world, at any given time, aside from the maybe two or three minutes when we have the major news releases like the NFP, mm-hmm. the pair is liquid for $20 million up. That means if you if the euro dollar was trading 13400 by 13402 mm-hmm. and you wanted to buy 20 million dollars of euro dollars mm-hmm. you could buy the 13402 and be filled. Oh, so it's not going to push you up to 135 to fill that much. Okay. Okay, yes. that's good. You, and and, huh. and in fact sometimes you can buy even more at that price. Wow. Try buying 20 million dollars of IBM <laughs> stock at 101 by 10105. Yeah, I guarantee yeah. you, you'll sweep it all the way up 50 to 60 cents. Right, right. Yeah, you'll push the, you know, the market makers will pick that off and, and lift the price of the equity. Uh, that's why we have to. We're limited to, you know, 500,000 shares, 2,000 at a time, because otherwise we're obvious to the market makers who'll pick us off. But it sounds like the liquidity is so strong in the FX market, I can put on a big trade and it's not going to move the market. And that's absolutely. That's, we have retail customers at our company that literally trade hundreds of millions of dollars of currencies at a time huh. um, and are able to you know to move in and out of the markets with relative ease so that's so it's very impressive from that perspective mm, sounds good yeah, another advantage and just to briefly talk about the other ones is this market is a perfect market for technical analysis because when it comes to technical analysis which is what a lot of people use the most important thing is that you have a lot of samples that make the information statistically uh, significant. Mm-hmm. So because the FX market trades 24 hours a day, you've got you know millions of samples, even on a tick-to-tick basis. So the market works very well and is very statistically significant for technical analysis. Mm-hmm. Great. And lastly, they pay us interest every single day if we are on the side of carry. This is a new concept for a lot of equities and futures traders, and we've got a few more examples of how this exactly works um, in the presentation. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that sounds good. A lot of good advantages. Now, how about you all have uh, pictures of uh, five insiders, it looks like, on the next page on nine. Uh, what's that all about? We can forget our old friends. Yeah, well, what we mean by that is basically you see when you're trading stocks, you're really trading on private information. Mm-hmm. And you have to trust individuals like Dennis Kozlowski, Bernie Ebers, Andy Fastow, Richard Scrushy, and Martha Stewart. Mm-hmm. And uh, I tell you, you know, if you have to trust those five individuals, <laughs> I don't think you'd, you'd get very far with your money. Yeah, yeah. This is the problem with trading stocks because you never know which one of the future executives is going to turn out to be Dennis Kozlowski or Bernie Ebers and essentially defraud you out of your money. The FX market is very different because it is a currency market, because it trades national assets. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as private information and possibility of fraud. All the information is government, and it's all released to the public at the same time, and this makes this market essentially fraud-proof from this perspective. Right, so we don't have the surprise gap down in the morning because somebody dumped all their shares kind of thing that we have had as a nasty surprise. Or somebody was cooking the books, or somebody was was using, you know, uh, corporate funds to 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 pay their uh, you know their dog bills or whatever other yeah, uh, you yeah. know nefarious things we've seen happen in the stock market many times over. Right, we all so, love the technicals. We just want to trust our data, right? That's what I've been teaching for many years, and all of us are all of us are, you know are good at this. They know that we trust the data, and that's it, right? We don't want to have to trust people. And it sounds like the FX market's great for uh, being able to be technically oriented, and not having to worry about all the insider and other issues that uh, stock traders have had to deal with. So exactly, exactly. Okay, now how about the Futures market for our futures traders on page 10. What's the difference between FX spot and futures? 
Well, basically, when it comes to spot and futures, with FX spot, you're trading the underlying. So it's as pure as you get. There's nothing embedded in it, such as interest rates or anything like that. It's um, Futures move based upon the underlying. You're trading the underlying. In terms of the advantages, it's similar to the advantages that we had in the equities market, which is that this is a 24-hour market and liquidity is there 24 hours a day. In the futures market, you have liquidity primarily when a CME is open. There's some overnight trading, but in an overnight trading, it's hard to get big size done. Mm -hmm. There's also bigger leverage or larger leverage in the spot market, and there's a guaranteed limited risk in terms of margin calls and things like that where at most times, the most you can lose is the amount you have in an account and never the, and any amount that you have to post afterwards. Mm. You know, one of the advantages of futures trading, uh, of effects over futures trading, is that we have a lot more customization in the spot market. For example, in the spot market, we can trade units as little as 10,000 units large. Mm. In the FX market, the standard lots are 125,000 units. So they tend to make it a lot more expensive for a regular retail trader to participate. Suppose you wanted to scale into a position or you want to take only assume a small part of the position. You couldn't do that in the futures market because your capital outlay would be enormous. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the spot market, you could really granularly come and in and out of position by using small unit lots. Right, so you can control more and, and get better leverage. So Exactly. Right. Yeah, I, I think Boris made a really good point. It's that everyone has different amount of money to trade with. I mean, you may have $20,000, I may have 10000 some other guy may only have 3000 mm -hmm. So with the ability to trade any size you want, anyone can get into this market. It doesn't. You don't have any sort of large minimum requirement in order to open up an account or, or in order to buy one lot. Right, and you know that brings up a, a good point too in terms of the uh, psychology and discipline of trading. If you have more capital to work with, that gives you a, a much better advantage in terms of being able to absorb drawdowns, uh, and, and that's a critical part of equity trading. I know it's also important in FX, but it sounds like because you can get started with and trade smaller share size without being at a disadvantage, that's another good advantage that forex traders would enjoy over the equity side is that you can you know you scale up or it's infinite scalability, as, as little or as much as you want. There's no advantage given to someone for trading larger or smaller sizes. No, that's precisely it. You're absolutely correct. This is what, something that's very important to point out to everybody, is that whether you're trading 10,000-unit lot or 10-million-unit lot, mm -hmm. the prices that you see are the exact same prices, whether you're a large institution or a small retail trader, and they're typically very, very tight. So mm -hmm. if you're trading 3,400 by 3,402, you can buy 10,000 units or 10-million units with absolutely no discrimination between the two parties. Oh, it sounds good. That almost as big as an advantage of going from uh, fractions to decimal, you know, in terms of tightening up the spreads that, that people get. So it's a, a good advantage. Now, how about um, on, you've got an interesting slide here with two swords, uh, leverage, a double-edged sword. What's that about on the, the next slide, on slide number 11 here? Well, from a concept perspective, we talked about how leverage can give us a lot more buying power. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there's a lot of people out there who are afraid of getting into the FX market because they've been told, a lot of people end up getting wiped out of the market and lose all their money. It's, and they feel like it's a much more difficult market to trade or be profitable in, in the, than the equities or futures market. The only reason why this is the case is because of a leverage, and that's why it's a double-edged sword. Because if you think about it, um, the FX really doesn't move that much. Each currency pair probably moves about maybe 0.6%, 1% a day, and in equities, you get you know maybe much larger movements than that on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm -hmm. But if you tack on leverage, that one percent in FX can become a hundred percent on a hundred-to-one leverage. Mm -hmm. So that is really where 
the, the people get wiped out because they use too much leverage, and as a result, if they have, do not have enough capital, they can easily take their account from $10,000 down to $5,000. Just to put this in perspective, you know, Boris is going to go through some of the numbers that are seen in slide 12. Yeah, if we move over to slide 12, let's take a look exactly at how leverage could help you or hurt you and why it's very important to understand its implications through a trade. We call this our table of doom, <laughs> mainly because it shows you the power and also the destructive power of too much leverage. Here we assume essentially five consecutive trades of a 1% loss. Certainly not an impossibility whenever we're trading. It's quite easy for us to get to have five losers in a row. For anybody who's traded for a long time, mm -hmm. that's not even you know that's not even an unusual occurrence. We've right. all been there. Yeah, yeah. If you're using no leverage, then at the end of that time, you start with ten thousand dollars. You wind up with nine thousand five hundred. You still pretty much have most of your capital left and are able to recover quite easily. Mm -hmm. If you move to two to one leverage, you have about nine thousand left. At five to one, seven thousand. 7,700. Still, you know, a much more serious hit to your total equity, but not completely unrecoverable. Right. If you move to 10 to 1 leverage, which is really a relatively modest amount of leverage that most people consider themselves to trade in the FX market, mm -hmm. five consecutive trades bring you down $4,000, down to wow. $5,900 in equity. And it takes you 70% rate of return, something that all mm -hmm. of us really strive for as, as a tremendous amount of um, ability to to uh, to trade right. to come back to just recover to break even. Mm -hmm. So, a ten to one leverage. If you have five consecutive losers in a row, you need to become a super trader to trade yourself just back to even. And that's the power, but at the same time, the um, the danger of having too much leverage in the FX market. Hmm. So, if I hear you all right, it sounds like they should start small and not over leverage and maybe work on, say, doubling a demo account or doing some, or at least the, starting with minimal leverage on the front end versus jumping all in and losing it all and getting frustrated. But, uh, Absolutely. We have an expression in FX that we, that we borrow from cooking. We yeah. call it slow and low is the way to go, meaning, oh, you know, yeah. trade small and trade on low leverage, and you'll be around and be much more successful in the long run. Right, yeah. and because they have to, to go through the learning curve, and it's better to do that less expensively than wiping it out on the front end, which a lot of folks uh, can do if they jump into it, just as with the stocks, for that matter, over-trading or doubling on losing positions or holding losers overnight or all the other bad trading habits that they need to get away from. So it's good. Yeah, your numbers really make it come alive for people, and I think it's important for traders to see that from a, a risk management standpoint. So great. Now, how about our... Um, our next page on the 13, uh, the basics, uh, what currencies do you trade? I know we've got our majors and crosses and, and so forth. Uh, what would be the most important thing for our traders to hear about uh, the different currency pairs that are available for them to trade? Okay, so what are we trading? Basically, we're trading eight major currencies, and they're the ones that you are probably very familiar with because you um, either have traveled to these countries before or they just talked about in the press a lot. And these are the U.S. dollar, euro, British pound, Japanese yen, Swiss franc, Canadian dollar, Australian dollar, and New Zealand dollar. Basically, the largest economies in the world, with the exception of um, China, which it has researched um, more recently. Mm. Anyhow, currencies are quoted in pairs, like we said. So whenever you're long one, you're always short the other. So either you can be long the euro and short the dollar, or long the British pound and short the Swiss franc. 
even though there are only eight, we actually have 21 different combinations of these different pairs. And that's one of the great things, because in the beginning we talked about how most of the majors are either a pro-dollar or a anti-dollar trade. So mm -hmm. essentially you either think the U.S. economy is going to be stronger than the European economy, for example, or you think the U.S. economy is going to be weaker. If you have no view on the U.S. economy, then you can take a more cleaner view and maybe how the British economy performs against the Canadian economy. Right now, the Canadian economy is very hot. The British economy is mediocre. So that could be one of the trades you take. And that is one of the reasons why you know, the British pound against Canadian dollar has been collapsing significantly. So it's very easy to understand They're just you know, the comparative plays between the different currencies. Right, right. Okay, well, that sounds uh, sounds interesting. Now, I know, and it sounds like it also. I'm always thinking of how you know what does that mean to to our traders, and it sounds like it's a lot less to keep track of instead of having to constantly. That's a, one of my top ten questions. Traders ask me is how do I how do you scan for what stocks to trade each morning? But it sounds like uh, they can focus their energy on on a handful of different currency pairs versus having to spend so much of our time that we do. Uh, does this for so many years. The scanning is a big percentage of our time and effort that we. We have to spend versus the technical analysis that we'd like to be able to instead devote our energy to just to find what's hot and what's out there to trade. But now it sounds like uh, they can simplify their scanning significantly by moving to Forex, and that would be another good advantage uh, from the stock trader's standpoint, right? Exactly. In, in FX, we do not scan because we don't have to. You're absolutely right. Yeah, that is a that's a huge advantage. I mean, that's uh, that's one of the most significant advantages, in fact, I would think, going from equity to uh, forex trading is you don't have to keep track of so many stocks and invest in scanners and figure out what's gapping and what's breaking out and so forth. Uh, you can keep track of your majors and and the crosses and all that, and it's uh, much fewer to uh, combinations twenty one to keep track of instead of however many thousand on the equity side. So, now how about the next page here, fourteen? What what do y'all have here for us? The base currency and the counter quoted currency. Right. This is simply a, a way to explain to traders the conventions of how currencies are quoted. And they're always quoted in base and counter. So the base currency is always the first part of the pair, and the counter currency is the second part of the pair. In this case, we have the example of the euro dollar, where euro is the base currency, the dollar is the counter currency, and it's being quoted. And remember that whatever currency is at the opposite end, so in this case, it's the U.S. dollar, that's the amount of uh, currency that's being quoted in. So your dollar is always traded in U.S. dollars. If you were mm. trading, for example, dollar Swiss, since the Swiss franc is at the end of that, that is the counter currency, we're essentially settling in Swiss francs. That's how you figure out the actual value of each point of uh, currency pairs. Okay. Actually, to be a little bit more specific, what this tells you is that for every one euro, it takes $1.3450 dollars mm. to buy a euro. Mm, okay. And that's how you can read it. Oh, okay. Also, it always is euro slash U.S. dollar. It's never U.S. dollar slash euro. That's correct. And then, um, you know, sometimes people ask us, well, how come it's euro dollar but dollar yen? Yeah, how come yeah. it's, um, uh, you know, uh, pound dollar but dollar Swiss? And frankly, the answer is pure convention. There is no mm -hmm. rhyme and reason. It's not like, you know, there is actually quite a lot of uh, 
sort of irrationality in how the, the currencies are named because they're flipped around. Mm -hmm. But it's just pure convention. It's been an old, very old market. The way That's the way these things were set up originally, and that's how they are done now. That's all there is. There's no rhyme and reason to it. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, I'm sure that's one of the questions traders would have. Yeah, you have the Euro USD, but you might have the USD slash uh, the, the Swifty, the Japanese, CHF, yeah. and all that. Yeah, so it's a, okay. Well, now how about the the point value? How do we? I know in our, our stock trading, we're always looking at uh, the percentage and you know dollars and cents. Uh, how does this work in terms of points, pips, and so forth for FX pairs? Well, actually, Ken, if you don't mind, I want to talk a little bit more about um, the quoting convention, just so that everyone's crystal clear. Sure, sure. So we have fifty fifty three. That means that if you buy at 53, what you're doing is you're buying the euro and selling the U.S. dollar. So that means that you think the euro is going to strengthen against the U.S. dollar or you think the U.S. dollar is going to fall against the euro. That is essentially the view that you're taking, and that's why it's um, always a two-currency or two-country view than a one-country view. Mm. And you basically buy at 53, you sell at 50. This is what the trading station looks like, or this is what the quotes look like. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, and conversely, if you were to sell at 50, you're bullish dollars because you're selling euros, mm -hmm. you're buying dollars against them, and you're hoping for the euro dollar to go down. The mm -hmm. euro dollar going down is actually a dollar bullish view. Euro dollar going up is a dollar bearish view. Okay, that's good to know. Okay, that's okay. important. Now, as far as point values go, the PIP actually stands for percentage in price. And it's basically, for, for those of you who are point in uh, price, uh, for those of your traders who are familiar with something called a basis point, a basis point is one one hundredth of one percent. Hmm. And for you to think of a pip is basically that's sort of what it is. It's basically one one hundredth of one percent. In hmm. the currency market, we trade to four decimal points. Hmm. For example, if you were to go buy a stick of gum, you would pay a dollar twenty-five for it. Mm -hmm. But in the currency market, you would pay one point two five zero 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 for it. There, there will be two more zeros at the end of it. Hmm. That's how fine. That's how tight the spreads are. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's, a, that's a key advantage, too. You get uh, much tighter spreads. Um, exactly. Now, to understand the value of each single point in the currency market is actually quite easy for most part. Whenever you're trading a currency pair that has a U.S. dollar at the end of it, like euro dollar, pound dollar, Aussie dollar, it's really very easy. One single point on a small lot, a small lot is 10,000 units, is worth $1.00. And one single point on a standard lot, a standard lot is 100,000 units, is worth $10. Hmm. Okay. It gets a little more complicated when you have currency pairs like dollar-yen or dollar-swiss. Because remember, then you're essentially trading in yen or Swiss. You're settling in that end of that pair. And the way to think about it is basically the yen is worth about 0.8 of a dollar. So each hmm. point is worth 80 cents on a small uh, lot or $8 on a standard lot. Mm -hmm. uh, now, one of the interesting things is, you know, we've had Dollar Canada. Dollar Canada was, has been a pair that's just been on a tear. The Canadian dollar, because of the oil economy, has been so strong that it went literally from 65 cents to the U.S. dollar, mm -hmm. almost to parity. Mm -hmm. So now, for example, when we, we used to value Dollar Canada, we, we would say, oh, it's worth 80 cents. In fact, now it's worth 90 cents. So every single point on Dollar Canada right now is worth 90 cents. And mm -hmm. very soon, some analysts think it could be worth almost one-to-one. Oh, okay. So that's how you would uh, value points when you're looking at currency pairs. 
Hmm. Okay, yeah, and just uh, from the equity side, that's one of my personal you know, biggest challenges is just thinking about pips because that's a, you know, a foreign word to me. And so just thinking about how those are calculated and what that means and uh, from a trader standpoint and learning the tool of how that, that transaction works is one of the, the bigger challenges I, I know I've had and I'm sure our other stock traders would have too in moving to Forex trading because we've been thinking about things in terms of dollar and cents for our whole lives, but pips is new you know, to us. So exactly. it's something well, that, Actually, on the trading station, there's a column called pip value. So mm -hmm. they list out what the exact point value mm -hmm. is for you, so you don't need to do the calculation at all. You can just see it on the trading station and know exactly what each tick or um, each change in the price is worth. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, that would make it easy for all of our stock traders to understand. So, okay, that sounds like a, a good point. Now, how about um, rollover? That's that's another advantage, from what I understand, in terms of benefiting from interest rate differentials for overnight holds on page 16. Uh, that's something we don't get in stocks. Uh, can you all explain how that works? Exactly. One of the best things about the currency market is you can get paid while you wait. This is hmm. perfect for people who like to hold positions for maybe two, three days, two, hmm. three weeks, you can earn interest if you're on the side of carry. Hmm. This is good because it helps to lower your average cost if you're on the right side. Hmm. Now, the way currencies work is that when you're buying one currency and selling another, you're basically buying a country and selling another country. So these countries come attached with interest rates. Mm -hmm. You get to earn the interest rate of the country or currency that you buy, and then you get to pay the interest rate of the currency or country that you sell. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, we go to the page 17, that gives you an example. Mm, okay. Let's say we have the GBP, which is the British pound, and JPY, which is the Japanese yen. Mm -hmm. UK interest rates are right now 5.5%. Japanese interest rates are 0.5%. So if we're long the British pound against the Japanese yen, we earn that difference, which is 5%. If we're short, however, you have to pay that difference. And that's very important because mm -hmm. for an intraday tra trader, this may not matter as much. Mm -hmm. But okay. for uh, someone who holds it for a week, maybe longer, it may matter quite a bit because you end up paying quite a bit in interest. Hmm. Now, you know, just from a, I'm curious here now, from a trader standpoint, it sounds like one dedicated trading approach might be to look at swing trading pairs just to capture the rollover interest as long as you're, you're finding something that hmm, sounds like range-bound pairs would be a best, uh, best way to capitalize because you're not going to lose on the, the trend of the, uh, of the pair value, but uh, you're still able to capitalize on the uh, carryover interest. Is that a, a strategy that people have used? Or? It is, but even a better strategy is to figure out where you want to be trending in a carry trade. For example, mm -hmm. if you were bullish pound yen, and we've seen in the last uh, several months or even this whole year, tremendous, tremendous trends in carry trade pairs mm -hmm. like pound yen, euro yen, cad yen. All of these pairs have gone up tremendously, six, seven, eight, nine hundred points mm -hmm. over the last year. At the same time as they've gone up, they've also paid you interest every single day. Hmm. So the absolute best strategy in FX is to be long a carry pair that's going your way and collect interest while you're doing it. Yeah, okay, that sounds like the best of both worlds. You capitalize from the, the trend of the pair plus the, the carry interest you get on it. So that's another advantage. Great, great. Yeah, you want to make sure you use your technicals to pick the entry points because mm. just because it's a high interest rate does not mean that it's always going to go up. When we talk about fundamentals, the way it works is that it's the expectations of even higher in, uh, interest rate spread or wider interest rate spread that makes the currency pair go up. So if you're a technician, it's better to look for your um, 
your opportunities technically to get into the trends mm-hmm. and then to actually just go in blindly. Right, right. Okay, well, sounds like another good uh, advantage for our Forex traders. Um, you know, how about this uh, closer look? There's a lot of numbers in a table here on page 18, uh, uh, and it looks like uh, you've got interest uh, rates and two. What's, what's this uh, page all about? Exactly. This is a trading station. All you have to do is just a different skin or a different view. Mm. You can just opt for this sort of view. But you get a lot of information here. You have the buy price, you have the sell price, with the high and low, which for the past 24 hours. INTRS, INTRB are the interest. INTRB is the interest you can earn or pay if you're long the currency pair. Mm -hmm. INTRS is the interest you get to earn or pay if you're short the currency pair. Mm -hmm. So we go back and look at our pound-yen example. We see the area that we circled. This is interest that is given every single day. It's even given on Saturdays and Sundays, but it is expressed as triple rollover on Wednesday. So every single day, if you're along the British pound against the Japanese yen, you get to earn $26 on one standard lot. On Wednesdays, that's about $75. So you can see how it can add up in a long-term position. Now, you have to be very careful because if you're short, you have to pay that amount. So if you are short a carry currency, then you probably don't want to be short for very long. Mm, so that's a good warning for traders from the mechanics, a trading standpoint. Is that the worst of all then would be the inverse of that, where you're, uh, say, uh, long a downtrending currency that you have to pay uh, a carry uh, interest in, right? So you want to make that as a red flag or something to avoid, you know, as a trader, right? Exactly. Absolutely. Okay, that's good. A nightmare scenario. And traders last- need to know that because they don't know this kind of. So it's good. Yeah, great. It's good tips. The last column is what I talked about earlier, which is the pip value, the pip cost. Tells you exactly there what each point is worth or each last mm. decimal place move. Oh, okay, good. That's that's good for us stock traders, so we know what it all means. Because pips is new to us, right? Thousands of us, but we, we it's it's new. Okay, good, good. Um, now how about um on the execution advantage on 19? What are some of the the uh, from the order flow execution? What are some of the things that our traders can look forward to? Well, one of the great things about trading with FXCM with us is that we now offer what's called a no dealing desk option, and that simply means that we've created essentially for those. Uh, traders who come from the stock background, mm. a quasi-ECN. Basically, mm, mm. we now act as an agent and allow you to place trades uh, on a trading station where the prices are given by a whole variety of the top banks in the world. These are mm. some of the biggest names on Wall Street that you would know, all of them competing for your business by trying to offer the single best possible prices. This, of course, creates exactly what an ECN does, the best bid and offer prices, and allows you to uh, trade them with absolutely no halts, no problems for the news, and mm. place your orders even inside the spread in order to mm. see if you could get better execution in terms of pricing. Right. Um, the additional advantage, of course, is something that I already touched on a little bit earlier, the fact that there is no debit balances, meaning that because computers keep track 24 hours a day, seven days a week of your account, um, if you're within your margin call, they automatically liquidate the account and protect your account value. That's a huge advantage. And finally, a lot of traders in the FX market like to do something called hedging. Mm-hmm. Hedging basically allows you to, to go into a position both long and short at the same time. Mm-hmm. Effectively, you're neutral, of right. course, right. When, you, when you establish that kind of position. The mm-hmm. advantage of that is that many currency pairs range trade, mm-hmm. and many technically-oriented traders like to range trade. But the problem whenever you're trying to range trade is to perfectly time the top entry and perfectly time the bottom entry. And pivots are hard to spot. You're basically entering the market at any given time. And then you can figure out yourself 
um, depending on how the technicals and how the price flow goes, where you want to take one leg off to determine the top mm -hmm. and then take the other leg off to determine the bottom. Mm -hmm. So what it allows, it, it removes the whole need to enter perfectly and just simply uh, gives you the opportunity to exit perfectly, and that, that takes one of the equations out of the uh, out of trade. No, that sounds great, and you can also manage the size in each of those positions in the hedge too, based on the pivots and so forth. So absolutely, yeah, absolutely. that sounds good. Good, that's, that's neat to hear. Yeah, it's, it's so much new information for for all of us out there for the stock trading. It's good to be able to see some of the mechanics of the of the trade, which uh, is a good segue into our next the slide here on twenty. What are some of the mechanics of trading, and particularly, I think Kathy and Boris, what all of our my stock traders would like to know is, uh, you know, and, and Kathy did a great job of explaining what that uh, the order looks like or the, the mechanics of the entry. But how exactly does this work, and how would it be slightly different or from stock trading? And what's the the easiest way for them to go from stock trading into forex trading that they should consider as it relates to this mechanics of trading page here on page 20. Well, the easiest way is to test this market. In FX, every single broker offers what we call a demo virtual trading account. Mm -hmm. It is actually exactly the same as live trading. The prices are live. Everything is real except for the fact that you're trading with fake money. Mm -hmm. So this really gets, gives you uh, an opportunity to become comfortable with the software so that when you're actually trading live, you're not playing around and not understanding all the orders. Mm -hmm. You know everything and know how everything works before mm -hmm. you actually place your first live trade. Mm -hmm. So the first um, mechanics of trading diagram here is the other skin of the trading station. Most people like this because the numbers are really big and clear and they can just pick what they want. So this is what it looks like. You have to buy a price and sell price for a whole bunch of different currencies. It keeps on scrolling down. Mm -hmm. To place a trade, what you would do is um, flip to slide number 12, 21. Mm -hmm. You can just click on the price. Like if you see 54 in the euro dollar, mm -hmm. click it once and you get a box that looks like the box that you see here. Hmm. Okay. Within that box, you can immediately just fill in all the blanks, which is whether you want to buy or sell, the amount that you want to buy. It's defaulted as the current market rate. Mm -hmm. And then you can put your stop and limit right there. Mm -hmm. And if you want, you can put a trailing stop as well. Mm -hmm. Click OK. The order is immediately executed. There's no waiting. As soon as you click OK, you'll see the order is executed. Mm -hmm. okay. And it's as easy as that, basically. Oh, okay. And uh, unlike, uh, from, uh, I know a lot of uh, my traders are saying, you know, we'll use the demo accounts for stock trading, then you go into real trading, and it's different. And beyond just the emotional side of it, there's no slippage accounted for in the demo trading, so it gives uh, stock traders a false sense of confidence when they go from demo to real trading. But it sounds like because of the liquidity and the tightness of the spreads here, you know, one or two pips or whatever, uh, going from a demo account to a real account much more closely matches the reality of, of trading in the FX market uh, than it might for stocks. Is that is that accurate? Does that make you, sense? You're absolutely right, Ken. I remember many times when I would demo trade um, futures accounts or equity accounts, you know, they would give you sort of a false sense of a fill. You, oh, you got mm -hmm. filled on the bid, you got you got, right, you got right. filled on the offer all the time. Yeah, in yeah. fact, we know in real life that almost never happens. Mm -hmm. The great thing about the FX market, is, as you said, is that because there's so much liquidity, you hit the button, you get filled, whether it be real or demo, mm. pretty much all the time. And you get filled uh, right on the prices that are quoted. What you see is what you get. Okay. And that is a huge advantage. So that when you have a transition from a demo to real, um, the uh, advantage is very great because there isn't too much of a difference. The only caution, the only word of caution I would like to give to future traders is to trade your demo with the exact same amount of equity that you would trade a real account. 
One of the dangers that everybody gets involved in the FX is because they give you all this fake money. They give you $50,000, $100,000 of fake money. You tend to like to sling around big, uh, big lots and trade millions of dollars of FX in your demo account. And then without realizing it, you perhaps over-leverage yourself and trade that way in a real account. So it's very important to consider your demo dollars the same way as you would consider your real dollars. Then the transition becomes very easy. Yeah, it sounds like a good uh, lesson learned there from the table of doom in terms of not over-leveraging in demo and then doing the same thing in a real account, wiping out your account. So that's exactly, good. Exactly, exactly. You forget that you're trading. When, in a demo account, it's very easy to trade millions of dollars because it's all fake money, of course. The key thing is to keep it by keeping it real, you then make a transition much more realistic. Right, right. And that way, too, you, you, know, it's a, you can absorb many more losses and drawdowns with a, a whole lot of uh, play money than you can with a real, say, $5,000 account. So it's important to start. Yeah, that's a great tip, too. Yeah, I appreciate it. And I'm sure my traders will appreciate that, too, is to start with a, an account that, a demo account that reflects what you would really put into your real account and then see how you do with that instead of starting with a, a whole bank full of play money and monopoly money and, and over-trading it and thinking that you'll do that well with the $5,000 account as you would with the fifty or $100,000 account. So. No doubt, no doubt. All right. So Know Your Roles is, um, is uh, page 22, and it's exactly what we talked about earlier, which is know your direction of interest rates. Sometimes it doesn't matter how long you hold the currency pair if you're holding a pair like the Aussie dollar, because to buy and sell is basically, you know, is not that expensive either way, not that attractive either way. Mm. But with very high-yielding pairs, you have to be much more careful. Mm, okay. Okay, now how so, about, so what would that mean to a trader in terms of something they would need to do differently or, or pay attention to before they choose which pair to, to go into? Well, it's basically that you have to realize if you end up holding a currency pair, like maybe pound Swiss or even dollar yen short for a very long period of time, that your average cost will keep on increasing. Mm, okay. So they should True. shorten in the trade time interval or so forth to minimize the exposure. Exactly. Okay, good, good. And finally, understand your reports, which is the great thing about the FX market is we have real-time reporting. And all you need to do is click on the report button on the trade station, and you get all this information that you see here instantly up to the minute um, information. Mm -hmm. Your balance, you get the information on how much you've made in terms of your flowing P&L, your closed P&L, your equity, how close you're to a margin call, all that information at a click of a button. Hmm. Okay, good. That makes sense. Hey, Ken, remember you were telling me how hard it was to reconcile trades at the end of the year? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I remember that nightmare myself when I used to trade um, uh, futures and options. Yeah, yeah. But with the great thing about it with the FX market is that all the trades are instantaneously reconciled for you. So you literally can just print out this report, carry it over to your account at the end of the year, mail it into the IRS as is without having to do any kind of reconciliation. It's a huge advantage. Yeah, yeah. It's a, well, that sounds great because I do not like all the hours it takes me each year to reconcile like, every single yeah. – yeah, yeah, that's, that's a I mean, nightmare. Sometimes we can, you know, we can generate four, five, ten thousand 10,000 trades a year. It's a nightmare to right. do that reconciliation. Yeah, and a huge uh, stack of stuff to send to the, the government every year. So it's, that sounds good. No, uh, oh, Kathy, you did a really good job of covering what moves the FX market in your book. And it's really good to tell you. I really enjoyed it. It's a great book. Uh, it's, uh, your two books are um, by both of you, Boris and Kathy, are the two that uh, Steve Nissen had recommended to me when I asked him uh, where, what's the best resources to learn uh, Forex market training from. And so uh, great coverage in that. And I just wanted to, uh, just so our traders would know, what does move the FX market? In stock trading, of course, it's uh, the buy and sell orders from institutions and hedge funds and insider trading, other large block shares that move the price one way or the other. But what moves the Forex market? 
Well, there's five key things that everyone has to pay attention to, whether you're a technical trader or a fundamental trader. The first one is interest rates. And interest rates are important because interest rates help to determine the long-term trend of a currency pair. We talked about how this is a global market. People shift money from one country to another at a click of a mouse. So where they can get the biggest or highest yield is where money goes. Mm -hmm. So you have to follow what the central banks are doing, you know, whether the Federal Reserve is increasing interest rates or not, whether the Bank of England or whether the European central banks are increasing interest rates or not. That's the number one most important thing that you need to follow in terms of fundamentals. Mm -hmm. Because even if you're a technical trader, it's better if you take a look at, um, skip to uh, page 26, mm -hmm. you can see here that carry trades are aiming for the moon, which are high interest rate spread currency pairs. Mm -hmm. So if you're a technical trader, in this example, it's far better to look for opportunities to buy in dips and try to fade this. Mm -hmm. Okay, right. And it looks like a good cut breakouts to the upside here, too, in both of those. So Exactly. So that's the way you want to take it. So instead mm -hmm. of, you know, if you look in the middle of the Euro-Yen chart, we had a big blip downwards. Mm -hmm. If you were a fade trader, you may have tried to fade this, but you know, and it may have worked for you a little bit, but it probably was going to be a lot more profitable if you waited for the opportunity to buy in continuation of this trend. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense up at 145 or so on the, on the upside. Okay, or even on the lower cup down at 115. Okay, good, good. Exactly. Number two is economic performance. All this means is how it's going to impact number one, which is interest mm -hmm. rates. Is growth strong enough? Is job growth um, decent? All that stuff. Does it mean that the central bank can continue to lower, increase interest rates, or does it mean the central bank needs to consider lowering interest rates? Mm -hmm. Okay. Number three, for those of you who hate to follow, for whatever reason, economic fundamentals, but love politics and love, you know, reading the front page of all the newspapers about mm -hmm. what's going on, mm -hmm. then you're gonna, you're gonna really enjoy trading the FX market because oftentimes. Politics can trump economics. If you've got, for example, um, an election that no one knows what's going to go happen in Germany, for example, which is what we had, mm -hmm. that tends to be very bearish for the currency because mm -hmm. what people don't like is uncertainty. Uncertainty, right, right. Exactly. Whereas if you have politics in terms of an election that happened in Japan where it was a landslide for the, for the prime minister, then it was very bullish for the currency because there's no mm -hmm. uncertainty. Right, right, right. Well, that sounds good. We don't have to worry about so many other market-moving factors, but we look at broad economics and, and the political and, and economic numbers that come out. So good. Exactly. And number four, number five, just kind of ancillary things. You know, lots of trade. If you have lots of trade, and the country has a great current account surplus or trade surplus, that means that people are just buying lots of their goods. So even if there is, an, is some sort of fundamental reason for the currency to fall, there could still be um, demand for it to rise. This is part of the reason why the Australian, Canadian, New Zealand dollars are going up so much, because mm -hmm. China is so resource-hungry. They want to buy anything that is related to oil or gold or copper out there. Mm -hmm. So they just keep on buying up um, you know, Australian, Canadian, New Zealand companies, and that's causing a, lo a lot of the rallies in those markets. Mm -hmm. And the fifth one? And, well, this one is sort of related to that, which is buying, you know, companies in general. Okay. No, it seems like there's a, a lot of things that keep track of it. Any suggestions for resources? Uh, I know uh, CNBC is my favorite one to look at what's going on each morning before the bell. Uh, is that a, a good uh, place or uh, other resources that traders can go to uh, easily keep track of all this uh, market-moving uh, information that can help them improve their trades and forecast where they should be uh, headed with their currency pair trades? Well, CNBC is not so good for currency trading because mm -hmm. it focuses mostly on stocks. What we recommend is 
well, obviously, to go to dailyfx.com, mm-hmm. which is our research website. Right. But what you should do is read the Financial Times, because that's mm. much more international in nature. Mm. And Financial Times will give you a very good sense of what's happening around the world. Okay, that's good. That's good for us to know. Yeah, good for all of us, all of us stock traders out there, thousands of us. So we need to know where to go to get the information. So great. Great. That helps. Um, well, you can still watch me on CNBC every Monday morning. It's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I love CNBC. I'd love to get on CNBC, but I don't know if I want to fly all the way to the East Coast, but I am sure I will someday. Oh, they'll do a remote for you, Ken. Don't worry. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, that'd be great. I'd love to be on it. Well, okay. Well, um, let's uh, take a look at uh, what would uh, be the next uh, slide that y'all would like to cover for our, our listeners out there. Well, Boris will talk about some more tips that you can find on page 27. Hmm. Okay. Generally, generally, the rule of thumb in the FX market is that the major currency pairs, and the major currency pairs are the euro dollar, dollar Swiss, dollar yen, and pound dollar, mm-hmm. tend to be stronger trending currencies. Because really here you're trying to express an opinion about how the U.S. economy is doing relative to all these other economies, and that tends to be long-term macroeconomic trends, and therefore those currencies can sometimes have very long one-way moves. Mm. Currencies that tend to be more range-bound are what's known as crosses, mm-hmm. Euro-Swiss, Euro-Pound, Pound-Swiss, Pound-Yen. Now, the thing about that is, is because if you think about it, for example, Euro-Pound, the quintessential range-bound currency, mm-hmm. Europe, UK are both essentially economies in the, uh, in the uh, continent, mm-hmm. and therefore really very close. It's not going to be much difference between Eurozone growth and UK growth, so that the difference between Euro-Pound is always going to be offset. If one runs really, really high, it's going to be it's going to be brought down. Mm-hmm. If it comes in too low, it's going to be bought up. Right. So that tends to be a, just a quintessential uh, range-bound currency. Mm-hmm. But really, what uh, drives these ranges is interest rates. Mm-hmm. Let's take a look at the next slide, slide mm-hmm. 28, mm-hmm. and we can see that volatility is directly related to the interest rate spread. So the rule of thumb is that the larger the spread is between the currency pairs, mm-hmm. the larger the volatility. Mm-hmm. In pound yen, where the currency, where the spread is uh, 500, 500 points right now, at this particular slide is 475. The 12-month range is 1,600 points. Hmm. On the other hand, in a currency pair like Swiss yen, which is a very, very narrow range-based uh, pair because the spread there is very tight, it's only about 600 points. In Euro-Swiss, it's about 600 points. And, you know, now in Euro-Pound, Euro-Pound, the spread now is actually relatively tight. We're going to have the European Central Bank raise rates next, next week mm-hmm. to 4%. Mm-hmm. The U.K. rates are 550. It's only about 150 basis points spread. And you're going to see the Euro-Pound itself has been trading only in about a 200-point range up and down for the last six months. Mm-hmm. So if you want to know the volatility of the currency pair, look at the interest rate spread between the two currencies. The tighter the spread, the less the volatility, the more range-bound it is. The, the lower risk it is for you to trade. Oh, I appreciate that. That's a, it's important information to know. It's a, it, knowing the average daily trading range as well as the annual range and so forth in terms of the, the pip range on the currency pairs is important to figure out where to go if you're a breakout trader versus a range trader. And I know, Kathy, that was one of the most valuable things I've read in the entire Forex education thing was your correlation tables that you've got in your book that show things like the, the average trading ranges for these different pairs because that's the key criteria that for the equity side of it, that's what we look for is at least 2.8 
intraday range for uh, intraday trades, and so being able to identify where the most volatile pairs are. And Boris, uh, like you said, that the uh, interest rates what determines the volatility. That's something I didn't know, so I appreciate that. And I'm sure our traders will, will get a lot out of that too. That's a key piece of information too out there, folks, is to look at the interest rate differential to help identify the average trading range and where your volatility and hence your trading opportunities for those of us who like the most volatile pairs uh, is going to exist. So great points. Exactly. As a matter of fact, in the currency market, the most volatile pairs are the pound Swiss and the pound yen, and we jokingly refer to them as the Googles of yeah. the currency market. <laughs> right, right. Uh, well, that's good to know. Yeah, because so many traders, the number one, just a quick aside, what would your advice be to traders who overtrade range-bound, in this example, pairs? Because that's the number one problem that I've found with traders around the world. I've got thousands and thousands of emails from traders over the last eight years. Uh, is They tend to, and they ask me, hey, this trade didn't work out, why not? And I look at the chart and I say, well, of course you shouldn't trade that in the first place. There's not enough volatility. Uh, no matter how good a trader you are, you wouldn't have, your odds of being successful would be very low because there's not enough volatility. And most traders overtrade range-bound uh, uh, instruments, and in, in my instance, equities. What would your advice be to traders to help them uh, be more selective and trade uh, more volatility, cleaner trading pairs instead of uh, over-trading range-bound choppy pairs? That seems to be the bane of traders looking at the Forex forums out there as well. Well, actually, you know, we have strategies both for range trading and for more volatility-based type of trading. Mm -hmm. The key thing to do is to determine ahead of time what it is that you want to do, mm -hmm. and then find the right, the right currency pair to fit your trading strategy. Mm -hmm. There is some very good ways to make money essentially out of nothing. Mm -hmm. When currency pairs do nothing, you can make quite a lot of money by mm -hmm. range trading them using really relatively simple tools. Because remember, mm -hmm. in a range-bound environment, Bollinger Bands would work relatively right. well at, at picking tops and bottoms. Right. On the other hand, picking more trend-based pairs you're clearly going to use some very different rules. Mm -hmm. The key to success is to determine ahead of time what it is that you want to trade, what you like to trade, and then establish the right strategy to employ that, uh, that idea. Okay, that's good to know because from the equity side, most of us are always in trend trades and we, we hate range trading. So that's a good uh, switch or a good piece of knowledge for our stock traders out there around the world to be aware of that you can do very well with range trading using the right tools like the, the differential, the spread on the B-bands and, and other things like stochastics and MACD and RSI and so forth to help capitalize on range trades as well as the breakout and trend trades. So good point. So, Ken, I think you mentioned correlations, mm -hmm. and um, it's a good time for you to mention them because I want to talk about some of the most important correlations in the FX market. Hmm. On, on page 29, you have oil versus Canadian dollar. Now, a lot of people who you know may be listening to this, um, this recording may trade oil, and oil is very attractive to trade because it moves in, you know, quite a bit in the futures market. But the problem is that in, if you trade oil in the futures market, you don't get necessarily get the ability to earn interest. Mm -hmm. And not many people really realize that you know, a Canadian dollar is very, very correlated with oil. Mm -hmm. And if you trade against the right currency pair, you can earn interest and take the same view. Mm -hmm. The reason why Canada is so correlated with oil is because you know, it is one of the world's largest holders of oil reserves. Just take a look at the chart here on page 29. You can see that oil versus the Canadian dollar has an 80% correlation. Hmm. On page 30 shows you an even stronger correlation, which is against the Canadian dollar against the Japanese yen. Because hmm. unlike Canada, who has a lot of oil, Japan needs to import about 99% of its oil. Mm -hmm. So when oil prices go 
up, then Japan has to pay a lot more. So it's it's very um, hurtful for Japan. Right, right. Hmm. So the tip here is that if you think oil is going to go down, then the good trade to make may be to buy dollar versus Canadian dollar because U.S. has a higher interest rate than Canada. Hmm. So if you have a long oil trade, you don't want to trade in dollar CAD because if you go short dollar CAD, you have to pay interest. Right, right. On the flip side, if you are want to go long oil, you want to go into Canadian dollar versus Japanese yen instead, mm-hmm. because Japan has a very low interest rate, Canada has a high interest rate. So you get to this is where you get the positive carry. Right. So knowing your interest rate sounds like it's an important part of uh, looking at how to capitalize on these correlations, so that you can see these, uh, you know, what's related from either a commodity to the currency pair, as well as the fundamentals, and then see where your trading opportunities are going to be. Exactly, because it's the same view, but it's just different pairs. One earns you interest; the other one does not. Right, and that's good information because I never would have guessed, you know, that oil was at all correlated. It looks like R equals 0.85 on, you know, almost fully correlated with uh, the CAD yen. So that's that's good to know. So that's important information. Yeah. And the um, third correlation slide is gold versus the Kiwi dollar. Ninety percent correlation, pretty much as good as it gets. And that's because it's not because New Zealand has a lot of gold. It's because Australia has a lot of gold, and because New Zealand does, you know, seventy percent of its trade with Australia, the correlation is very strong. Hmm. Now, the Australian dollar is also correlated to gold, but it's more around the lines of 60-70% because they're so driven by Chinese demand now that the correlation has broken down a bit. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So, looking for the strength of the correlations, and for those who don't have, you know, statistical background, even though some of us do, which is great, but for those who don't, it's important to, you know, the higher the number, the better, and the more closely, if you overlay these charts, the more closely they match each other, uh, particularly in terms of uh, the length of the runs and the pullbacks and so forth. It's important for traders to be able to, to capitalize on to see where those correlations exist and then how to trade them. So, good. Good point. Exactly. Exactly, Ken. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my favorite topic here, technical analysis and why it works in FX. I'd be very interested in, in hearing what you all have to say about that. Um, on page 33, looks like we've got some right. key advantages for uh, all of us who are technical traders. Uh, uh, why don't you all go through those? Uh, what are the, the things that are most helpful for everyone? Well, as you mentioned, first and foremost, for those of us with statistical mind bends, it is perhaps the most statistically reliable market in the world because it streams 24 hours a day continuous price quotes. One of the banes of analytics in technical analysis from a stock market point of view is all of the gaps that we have to cover, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Markets are discontinuous. Right. Because they're discontinuous, they can be, you know, uh, the uh, candlesticks, the price charts, everything could really be skewed based upon what gap formations we have. Mm-hmm. We don't have gaps in the FX because markets are truly continuous. There's always a stream of prices going on because the markets are always open from a Sunday night until Friday afternoon. Mm -hmm. So that gives you a much cleaner, much better price data, and therefore much cleaner, much better technical information on which you can uh, base your analysis on. Right, better sampling because it's continuous data instead of intermittent and so forth. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, nothing can trend like a currency pair. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, we talked a little bit about the Canadian dollar just a little bit earlier in our conversation. But for any of you traders who want to pull up a chart of the dollar CAD, and remember, dollar CAD trades inversely, so the Canadian dollar gets stronger, dollar CAD goes down, you will see one unbelievably strong trend over the last several months. Hmm. And this is one of the great things about the currency market. When they trend, they trend hard, and they trend really with virtually no retracement. Hmm. So 
in that particular case, sometimes the simplest, even um, the most basic trending strategies can work immeasurably well. Hmm. Uh, one of the strategies you know, that we have here that we, that we show in slide um, 35 is simply called the triple moving average filter. Mm -hmm. And here is where we simply take a look at uh, a long-term moving average, an intermediate-term moving average, and a short-term moving average. Mm -hmm. And when we get a cross, positive cross in all three moving averages, we can capture large trending moves in the currency pair once that happens. Hmm. And you use the 720-100. Right. Okay. We, we use the 720-100 um, as, as a pair. There are many traders I've come across who have used a little bit different combinations. Hmm. The key, the, the parameters of the moving averages are not nearly as important as the differences between them, because that's really mm -hmm. the critical thing. You want to make sure that the short-term, the intermediate-term, and the long-term trend are all aligned in the right direction. In that case, then you have very powerful evidence that the currency pair is going to trend. And as I said, once you catch those trends, they can be multi-hundred-point moves, mm -hmm. and you can really capitalize on them. Well, sounds like a great technique. Good. Good. Thanks for sharing yeah. that one. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, um, going back a little bit to... Um, one of the real reasons why the currency pair currency market is so good for technical analysis is because we said has no directional bias. Remember, there's no uptick rule. There's no artificial barriers to shorting as it is to going long. So therefore, you have much cleaner, purer charts, and you can you know you can sort of feel free to uh, short as well as to go long because they'll be expressed in the exact same way, whether you're directionally one way or directionally the other way. Okay, good, good. Now. Um, the other thing about the FX market is that it tends to, the technical, technicals in the FX market, like I guess technicals everywhere else, tend to work absolutely better on the longer-term charts. So if you're a swing-oriented trader looking at daily charts, you, you're going to get much better signals than you will, of course, on shorter-term charts. What I mean by that is you will get signals, of course, good signals on the short-term charts, but there'll be a lot more false positives. Simple indicators like RSI, for example, tend to give you much more meaningful turn information on daily charts than they will give you on 240-minute charts or hour charts or even five-minute charts. Mm -hmm. So when you're trading swing or a swing type of setups, technical analysis tends to work really great in the FX market. Right. Now, that brings me to a great question. From a trading mechanics standpoint, do you have any, I know every trader is different and so forth, but is there any guidelines in terms of average length for intraday, uh, how many hours kind of thing tends to work out better than others, and or uh, for swing trades, how many days before the uh, retracement so big that it, it'll uh, take out a trailing stop? I know it's kind of a blanket question, but are there any guidelines or ranges that you give stock traders? Uh, for example, in you know in open range breakout day trading, we like to hold up to about 20 minutes or maybe 30 minutes for uh, intraday swing trading up to a few hours at most, and swing trades maybe up to two weeks at most. Is there any similar guideline for, I know it's probably different for each, uh, you have to characterize each currency pair's uh, trend in the current market, and there's many other uh, factors and data points to look at, but any general rough guidelines that you could give our traders for a length of time in trade that they can look forward to when they're forced Definitely. Trading? I think generally, as a rule of thumb, in the FX market, the timelines are extended a little longer. For mm. example, we tend to, on the shortest time frame, we tend to look at the hourly candles rather than the one-minute, two-minute, or three-minute candles that you would look in, in stocks. Mm. And a short-term trade in the FX market is usually a trade for about 20 to 30 points, mm -hmm. and it tends to have between an hour to four-hour length time. Mm. Okay. So we really don't trade in minutes. We really tend to trade more in hours because the FX market 
remember, there are participants all across the world. Right. You know, whatever flow that, that, that is going to affect the currency pair, whatever news flow, order flow, whatever is happening, mm-hmm. it's going to take a little time to disseminate and try time to complete. Right. So for that pers- perspective, on an intraday basis, probably three to four hour time frame is the usual time frame for most of our intraday trades. Yeah, good. That's very important to know. Appreciate that. And all my stock traders will appreciate that too. We're moving over to Forex. So good. That's good to know. Exactly. Exactly. And for now, swings. Now, longer term time frames, you could hold uh, currency pairs literally for weeks. Hmm. One of the um, technical ways that we like to use, um, you know, our retrace levels is something that we call the two-bar stop. So hmm. we like to make sure, we like to trail uh, long-term trades by the low or the high of the two bars previous to the uh, current price position. Okay. If it breaks that, then we're clearly out of the trade. Okay, good, good. That's important to know. Okay. Oh, let's see. What else? Some um, others, uh, other tips from uh, from you, from either of y'all uh, in terms of technical signals, and uh, I guess for for the audience that we're reaching here, um, anything else from going from stock trading to, and that was a great one, Boris too, going from a minute to hourly chart. That's very important for say hourly candles. Uh, any other technical tips for our stock traders who are moving into forex that uh, would really help them uh, get a, a head start on this and, and do well with it? Well, for technical tips. We highly recommend you take a look at our high probability trading setups for the currency market because this is a book written for technically um, oriented traders. Mm-hmm. It's an ebook that that Kathy and I co-wrote, mm-hmm. and it has eight different technical setups that are appropriate for either range-based markets or mm-hmm. trend-based markets, appropriate for long-term traders mm-hmm. and appropriate for short-term traders. We give examples in each time frame in each type of a market with lots of different uh, technical setups, and I think. Those traders who are technically oriented are going to uh, learn quite a lot and benefit from this uh, type of setup. We know we've gotten a tremendous amount of um, feedback from traders who say they, they really like some of the ideas we've done. They've mm-hmm. modified them to their own use, and they seem to be very successful with them. Well, great, great. Yeah, and it would be great for traders to print that out, too. And uh, now where, can they, uh, where can they order that? Where can they get that? There's a picture of it on page uh, 36 of the slide there in the middle. Uh, it's a super resource. Uh, where can traders go to, to get that and print it out? I, w- I would recommend, too, and put those charts on the wall or near your trading station or at least in a binder so you can flip through them and follow them as you're, you're putting on your trades. Uh, where can they get that? Well, they can actually get links to all our, our books on our blog, which mm-hmm. is bktraderfx.com. So b-k-t-r-a-d-e-r-f-x.com. Okay, great, great. So, uh, And I'll put that on the, the site, too, so uh, everyone who's listening can click on that link. Uh, and what else? Um, uh, let's see. How about and other... Want to, uh, just to add a little bit about bktraderfx.com, one of the reasons they may want to come visit us is because every single week, we post our weekly thoughts about the market, about trading, about everything else under the sun mm-hmm. on that blog. So it tends to, uh, you know, it tends to make some very, very interesting reading. Just in addition to being able to be a good resource for FX uh, information that we have on there. Right, right. Yeah, and, and I go there all the time too. And uh, yeah, it's a great resource. Now you also have a, a, an advisory service. Can y'all tell us about uh, BK4XAdvisor.com a little bit? What can uh, traders look forward uh, to from that? What's uh, how does that work, and what's that for? Well, BK4XAdvisor.com is a collaborative uh, advisory service that Boris and I do. What it is is we give you trading signals, and the trading signals include very specific targets, entries, and stops. Good. Now, this trading service is for active traders only because we do trade a lot. Mm-hmm. Basically, we trade news. That's our style, and it's proven to work very well for us. Mm-hmm. What we do is we probably put on about, I would say, eight trades a week. Hmm, okay, good, good. And most of these trades last probably about, you know, no more than an hour. Hmm, 
what we expect is a return of about 200 basis points a month. Mm -hmm. We've done pretty well with that expectancy. The, the key to our advantage is that we like to anticipate what an economic release comes out as. Mm -hmm. So we have something called the expectancy, where we start to be maybe wrong for significantly wrong for maybe one or two trades. Um, we are just kind of flat for another one or two trades. Mm -hmm. And then we hit our first target as well as our second target on the, on the remainder of the trades. Mm -hmm. So the key to the strategy is we take little losses, but we look for big winners. And that tends to be the way that we trade possibly in this market. Okay, that sounds great. And another good advantage for all of our listeners too is that, and this is key, is for you know, if, if for those who are new to trading forex, you know, where this is new to us, it's really important to see what professional traders like like Boris and Kathy do by seeing what kind of trade setups they look at, look at their signals, look at the charts, kind of reverse engineer, figure out why would they go long or short here on the, on that pair, what was the reason behind that, and and figure out you know what type of signals to be looking for in the first place. And it's a really good. Uh, excellent learning opportunity for people to see what kind of pairs and entry points and so forth they should be looking at. So you're not diving into this thing blind and just guessing and pulling the trigger and, and getting wiped out. It's really good to, to see what professionals like you folks are looking at so that they can start modeling their trading entry and exits based on what they see you folks doing. So. Exactly. And unlike a lot of trading services, we actually give very specific reasons for why we like or don't like a certain particular currency pair. Mm -hmm. And... Um, not just simply buy here, sell here, stop here. Right. We always give a very good explanation. And then at the end of the trade, we'll do a summary and also discuss it in our weekly blog, what worked, what didn't work, why and how. So it gives traders a very good learning resource as well as a good trading resource. And just to give you an idea, by the way, how this service works, it's a 24-hour day market. So you may ask, how does it that we trade the market? Well, there are two of us. That's really the key. Mm. I trade the markets overnight. I trade... Um, the London session and the beginning of the New York session, and Kathy trades the New York session and the Asian session, mm -hmm. and that's how we're able to cover the markets 24 hours a day. Well, that's great. That sounds like a super service. That's an advantage that other, uh, that's a couple of key advantages I hear there over others that are out there offering uh, Forex signals is number one, you provide education with alerts, and number two, you're providing 24-hour coverage, and, and number three, and most important, y'all know what you're talking about, your credible sources. And, <laughs> and, uh, and one thing I read on the Forex forums out there, and I'm all over the place, that uh, yeah, they say that y'all are very honest up front about it. If something doesn't work out, why as well as the winner, so that they, they learn the, the both sides of it, which is critical, and not just you know, one exactly. side. Exactly. Yeah. We, we call it reality based trading because that's really what we're all about. We're really all about showing traders what the real markets are, not sort of the fairy tale things that some, some other people like to uh, believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just one other thing that we've introduced very recently in BKForexAdvisor.com that many traders seem to really like is that we will actually flush out our trading plan 15 hours in advance mm -hmm. so that some traders who, of course, are away from their computers or busy doing other things know exactly what times we intend to trade and what it is that we're going to trade, and this allows them to be well prepared for the trades and take advantage of them. Hmm. So this is yet another advantage that we offer many other trading services do not. We don't give you any surprises. Right, right. Oh, that sounds like a super resource. So uh, three places folks should go. One is fxcm.com to open a demo account. The other is uh, bktraderfx.com to go take a look at Kathy and Boris's blog and see all the resources on that site. And be sure to try out the advisory service at bkforexadvisor.com. Now, um, any other resources that y'all would like to suggest? And, and by the way, Ken Calhoun, Day Trading University, I personally recommend everybody uh, certainly get 
get all the information you can from Kathy and Boris. They're very credible, and I heartily endorse them as I do Steve Nissett for Candle Chart Trading. Um, you know, they're the best, uh, the best out there. So uh, I endorse, uh, you know, officially endorse that the, everyone go out there and, and try their stuff. Uh, um, anything else that y'all would like to, to suggest or other thoughts to share with our traders today? The only other thing is just um, visit dailyfx.com. It's completely free, mm-hmm. and it concludes pr- all of our research analysis by you know, the research team we have here in New York. There's a tremendous, tremendous amount of both technical and fundamental analysis and research there. It's dailyfx.com. Okay, great. So dailyfx.com. That sounds like another great resource. Um, well, on behalf of all of our traders and all the, the current and aspiring or would-be Forex traders out there, I wanted to thank both of you all for being here on the day. You've given us a wealth of information. I learned a lot, too. I always like to work with the best, and you two are it for Forex. So certainly I wanted to thank you personally and on behalf of all the thousands of traders that I work with uh, for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. It was great talking to you, Ken.